Welcome to this episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast. I'm talking about immersive and other types of video. Uh, also, this is basically a reading from my new book, Content Performance Culture, which is available in February 2020, already available on Amazon.com as a pre-order for Kindle. Please join me, and if you want to hear more from the book, check out the Content Performance Culture podcast on podcast channels or check out the book in bookstores. When it comes to immersive video, YouTube is really a front runner to make that happen for a lot of different brands. So let me talk about that a little bit. Immersive video, of course, is virtual reality, 360, those kind of things. And you can very simply now shoot those videos with like a $72 camera. Uh, I've used the Insta360 before. Last I looked, uh, $72. There is uh, more expensive versions out there. They have updates. Now they have one that you can put directly on your body. It's like a body cam, but it shoots 360. So uh, super cool uh, technology that you can use directly with your iPhone and uh, Android devices too, I believe. Some of the content that I've created with those, uh, with that technology, uh, I've taken tours of buildings and what better place um, to use them in is in a building that's visual, uh, there's things all around you. So you just put the camera on a tripod uh, on your iPhone directly in the middle of a room and just let it sit there for a little bit. You can also shoot a picture. Uh, so it shoots a picture or you can shoot a video. It all depends. I think the picture is probably becoming a little bit more easier, but if there's motion, if there's movement, why not um, try video? Um, I've also used this technology at conferences. Uh, when when companies have visual booths, uh, I you know I, I do a booth tour with the with that camera. People can talk to me, and um, super cool technology. Also used it before on an active shooter training. Uh, that video actually won best in show for best immersive storytelling at the Eddie Awards in New York City in 2019. Uh, the same event where I was named to the Folio 100. But anyway, that was you know super awesome to produce. Basically, I, I held the camera and the sheriff's deputy was going through pretending to be the active shooter, and you could watch the entire. Um, the entire training and also see my face, how I reacted when they, they were shooting at us. Of course, they weren't using live bullets. They were using uh, training bullets, I guess. I don't, I don't know what they're called, but um, you know, so uh, people have watched them. YouTube has really made the virtual reality 360 video production distribution easier. Um, so for example, if you upload this video to YouTube, of course you can't premiere it, or you can publish it. Uh, Premiere, there's a new function on YouTube where you can have like a countdown and say this video is going live in two days or two hours or whatever. And then you can also embed it on your own website. Um, so for example, I did that with the Madrid 2019 keynote at the Digital Enterprise Show. Uh, and you know, I, I just put the camera in the middle of the room and I, I, you could see people sitting there and you can see me on stage. And it's just a new way of recording content. The audio is not quite perfect. So you do wanna make sure you mic people um, or you could record the audio with another 
uh, device and then just sync it up. That might be a little easier, honestly. And since the camera is shooting 360, so it's not super close on your lips and your mouth movement anyways, um, that you know people can't see exactly what you're saying. So lip reading really doesn't work necessarily unless they really zoom in. Um, but even then, it's you know, at that level and depth, it's probably not HD anymore. Anyways, so while uh, watching videos with your virtual reality headset is still really for early adopters. I have a virtual reality headset at home, and I hardly ever use it because there's just not enough content to to use it for. And I know um, it's not as um, hasn't taken off as much as maybe it could and will at some point. Um, but even if you don't have the headset, if you have the headset, watch these videos directly in the YouTube app. Super cool. You can, it's like you're in the room, you can look around, you know, you can listen to the narrator. That's another reason why you don't want these videos super short. So again, uh, used to be everybody was talking about short, short, short content. And today we're talking about longer content. If you have a 20 second video, I mean, it's, it's hard to even get it in there, right? Into the, get the phone into your headset and then it's almost over by the time uh, it starts. So make sure you get a couple minutes of, um, of content that people can look at and people can look around. Um, even if you use pictures, same thing, people can just look around uh, as well. But in the YouTube app, uh, it actually tells you now 360 video playback is not supported on this browser, please use the YouTube app. And then you can click on play in the app. So they're making that much simpler. And of course, you know, the other thing is, um, the Google world, we're just living in it, right? YouTube is owned by Google or, or Alphabet, I guess it's the parent company, um, you know, so, but that is an easy way to produce this kind of video. On the website, uh, it doesn't work in VR, but you can still uh, watch it and move around the area. The lighting is kind of a concern when it comes to 360. Uh, videos because you really can't light everything so you really depend on whatever the lighting is wherever you are and you also can't uh, cut out um, like big lights right it just doesn't work because it shoots everything um, when it comes to other lighting we actually tested this year my daughter and I who, who uh, YouTube's as well uh, 11 years old at the time um, this is not a, a VR video but uh, just, you know, the regular video, regular uh, 3D, I guess, or 2D is the, the, the right terminology. And in the book, Content Performance Culture here, you can see the pictures with the lighting. And basically, you know, lighting doesn't make a huge difference. I mean, it's a little bit of, uh, her face is lit up a little bit more. But for the most part, um, as long as it's not dark, um, I'm not convinced you need much extra lighting. Um, the other thing too, when it comes to lighting, think about where your audience watches. It comes down to like, you know, when you do 4K video, why do I need 4K quality? It takes forever to upload and, and edit. And most people might watch it on their phones anyway. So just something to think about, where are people watching it? Um, and that's that's how you have to decide on the production value. And if people can see what you're trying to show them, uh, and most people can't tell the difference anyways, why do we have to make it more difficult than it has to be? The other thing when it comes to video or audio, so I have done a podcast before 
uh, about why audio is really better because it's much quicker to upload. It's much quicker to get out there, get in front of people. But there's also the flip side for the consumer um, that when people are out and about, uh, people, they have a data plan. And, you know, the unlimited data plans, they don't really happen as often anymore as they used to. So uh, keep that in mind. I actually ran out of data one month and uh, Verizon told me that it's because uh, the, the content that's being consumed is taking up more and more data. So I'm not even talking about watching a lot more videos or, or other things, but just something to think about. Just because we can create video, maybe that doesn't mean we should only create video. Have a transcript, have an audio version, you know, those kind of things. Um, just keep that in mind um, that people aren't always on Wi-Fi. Um, you know, is that really your problem as a content producer? It is and it isn't. Uh, it's not your plan. You can't actually help every consumer, every prospect of your content. But on the other hand, you know, people are not going to be happy if, um, it, uh, if the data runs out all the time because your content is taking up so much data. Uh, let's talk about which way to hold the phone when you actually shoot video. On the when you use the uh, 360 nano or 360 anything uh, you usually put it on the top of um, the phone so you hold the phone um, vertical right and of course for Instagram stories we do want the phone to be held vertical but I've been preaching for years to hold it horizontal many many video editors uh, video producers will will agree with me on that but then I actually started watching a video on a website that was shot vertically. And I was like, oh, they forgot to hold it horizontally. Um, but I was on my phone and it of course filled up the screen perfectly because it's kind of like an Instagram story, right? Uh, and I, and I, I'm just baffled by which is the right way. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to where are people visiting your website from. If they're on their phone, maybe vertical is just fine. If um, they're mostly on desktop, horizontal probably is better. Um, at some point, we will probably have something like uh, responsive video. Uh, not a thing today, you know, the website, like how the websites do that today. The websites adjust based on, um, based on where... Um, uh, you know, how people are watching it, looking at it. So it just adjusts based on a grid, basically. Uh, that's probably something that will come to video at some point, but we don't have that today. Uh, talk about live video. We already talked about live audio in the book, Content Performance Culture, out in bookstores February 2020. You can pre-order the Kindle version already. And um, live video works too. Um, you know, the only difference is you're talking to the camera. Sometimes I don't see much value in talking head uh, videos, but sometimes it's worth trying. Um, I've had much more success recently, late in 2019, um, right before we were recording this with audio only, but video used to be the only way to do anything live on Twitter and Periscope. So definitely something worth trying. The same kind of rules apply, have an intro, do a little chit chat uh, because people need time to show up, right? Give an overview of the topic, key points, uh, talk and talk and answer questions. It's okay to go off on tangents every once in a while and then have a summary 
and of course wrap it up. Um, a lot of times, sometimes you can use those videos also um, on, on YouTube. Um, one thing is again, which way did you hold the phone? Um, you can stream each, um, each version. Uh, the other thing is for live, what to use, YouTube, Periscope, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. There's probably other tools out there. You know, we used to have Meerkat and Blab and Google Hangout uh, and others. Um, so which ones are the best ones? They all kind of have their ups and downs. I would really, or, or pluses and minuses, I would really recommend testing. I've seen the most success currently with uh, Periscope and Twitter Live, which is really the same uh, same thing. YouTube, uh, I know some people go live on YouTube. I see very few live streams nowadays on YouTube. Uh, usually people just upload what their, uh, what their video, uh, their completed video. Um, the, the advantage of uploading to YouTube, if you use that as a channel anyways, and you don't do any editing to the video, uh, it's already on there and you can go live and then you upload the HD version automatically. Um, for the most part, it does take quite a bit of time. The biggest, uh, Instagram, of course, um, it's out there as well. Instagram live, uh, you can go live for an entire hour. Let me just start over again. Uh, we have, I've seen uh, politicians do that. Um, they just go live, they talk about things. And then if they get to 60 minutes, they just start over. Um, not a big deal. The biggest problem with Instagram live, in my opinion, is you can't even add, type in a headline for your show. So people don't even know what it is you're talking about on Periscope and Twitter and, and others, you have a title, you know, a headline. So people know what it is that you will talk about. And that certainly is helpful. Of course, once you're on, uh, make sure once you're doing these, make sure that you have good Wi-Fi. Um, not much, there's not much worse uh, than having a live um, video just kind of break, uh, break up. It's just a terrible experience. So probably one reason why I don't do it quite as often as live audio because live audio doesn't really break up. Okay, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Christoph Trapp, the author of Content Performance Culture and uh, blogger at AuthenticStorytelling.net. Until next time.